0: Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. As a woman, you know you need to take care of yourself and have your annual screenings. Is that sufficient? Would cancer be caught early enough by those annual screenings? My guest today is Dr. Emmanuel Soltanakis. He's the Division Director of Gynecologic Oncology at Maine Medical Partners. Welcome to the show, Dr. Soltanakis. Tell us a little bit about the annual screenings that women should be receiving and whether those are enough. What type of cancers are you seeing that involve gynecological oncology?
1: Uh, good morning, and thank you for having me on, and uh, I think it's really important for us to talk for some of these things that may help uh, patients present early um, with, uh, with symptoms that we can um, help to treat early on. Uh, the main cancers that we deal with are cervical cancer, endometrial cancer, and ovarian cancer, and to some extent, the first one that I mentioned, cervical cancer, is a preventable disease for us, and in the United States with with the current screening recommendations, we should be seeing very little of this disease. Um, currently, what we encourage women is to go forward with the recommend, new recommendations for screening with pap smears and, and or HPV testing in some situations. Probably the easiest way to know what these recommendations are are to inquire with your, either your primary care physician or with your gynecologist. But just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with in terms of screening for cervical cancer, um, women less than 21 years of age do not need to be screened. Um, and then between the ages of 21 and 30, a woman should undergo a pap smear every three years. And in the age group between 30 and 65, we encourage screening with both HPV testing and pap smear and they're done conc- Currently, they're done at the same time, and that's done every five years.
0: If a woman is perimenopausal and she does not have HPV, she's been tested, then you still get those pap smears every five years? Do you get them closer together? What if you are negative for HPV, but you're in peri or in menopause?
1: Uh, That's correct. You still require to have screening. It's not as often as it used to be. We used to do annual screening with pap smears. We no longer have to do that. And in that age group of perimenopausal women, we do um, testing now with both HPV testing and the pap smear, but we do it less often. So it's done every five years instead of every year. And we think that that's adequate intervals as long as you stick on that schedule and as long as you're getting both tests done at the same time.
0: Dr. Soltanakis, we've heard ovarian cancer, the silent killer, you know, that it doesn't really have very many symptoms. What do you want women to know about ovarian cancer, and is there any way that we would know if we had it?
1: You're absolutely correct. The symptoms of ovarian cancer tend to be what we would call very nonspecific, and it's things that we all get all the time. It could be a little bit of nausea. It could be some bloating. It could be some constipation. It could be a little bit of abdominal pain. So all those things that I just mentioned, we all get from time to time. What I tell women that I see um, to look for are new symptoms that have uh, and that come on sort of in a new onset. We haven't had a lot of those, but they're coming uh, coming off often again, and that they are not going away. If a symptom such as bloating. You know, you're bloated for two or three days, it resolves, that's not a big deal. But once you have bloating that persists for a week or two, this is something that needs to be looked at. It doesn't mean that you do have ovarian cancer. It may mean that you're absolutely healthy and have nothing to worry about, but it would be something to bring to the attention of either your primary care physician or your gynecologist um, and get evaluated. The one other thing that I would say that is very important, and uh, it's become more and more significant is knowing your family history. It's, you know, None of us used to know what, are, what happened to to Grandma uh, Pam or, uh, you know, in the olden days we didn't really concentrate very much on family history, but that has become a very important part of our health care. Uh, knowing who has had breast cancer in the family, who has had ovarian cancer or colon cancer have become very important um important knowledge points in your family history. And also for women of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, ovarian cancer and breast cancer can be more prevalent.
0: So now Dr. Soltanakis, tell us a little bit about treatments. If you know any of these things that you mentioned and how important it is for us to get those screenings at the time scheduled that you've mentioned, you know, if we experience any red flags, bleeding, or any of these things we get to our doctor, what can be done about them? Give us just an overview of some of the newer treatments.
1: Sure. Well, One other thing that I wanted to mention right before that, and we didn't talk uh, very much about, was endometrial cancer. And uh, the, the main presenting symptom of endometrial cancer is vaginal bleeding, um, most commonly after menopause. So what I would encourage women, at, if after menopause, once they stopped having... Uh, monthly menses, that they, they, if they have any type of spotting, bleeding, or increased discharge, I would encourage them to get evaluated. Because uh, talking about treatments, the, the earlier you present with a gynecologic cancer, the more successful the treatments become. And for cervical cancer, we hope to catch these before they even become cancer in a pre-cancer state. Uh, for endometrial cancer, we hope to catch them early if if you present with the, uh, with the obvious symptoms of vaginal bleeding. And also with ovary cancer, we hope to, to manage these uh, early on. The treatments that we use currently are a combination of uh, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. And it all depends on what uh, the presentation is. The earlier the cancer, the less complicated the treatment is and the more effective the treatment is
0: women tend to associate these type of gynecological cancers with complete hysterectomy. And they think to themselves, well, I'm not going to be a woman anymore. You know, there's a lot of mixed feelings when we worry about these type of cancers. What's your best advice for women that are scared of these things?
1: I think the best advice is to to come in and talk with a physician and hopefully try to alleviate some of the fears um, that are associated with treatment. Um, I think the most common fear that I see in women is, is getting treated with chemotherapy. I mean, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of information that we get from either other family members that were treated with chemotherapy or sometimes from, from movies and television that may not apply to a particular treatment. The chemotherapy treatments now are so specialized and, and targeted to the different cancers that it's best to talk with a physician try to alleviate as many of the fears of surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation as we can and, and put it in a context of, of what it means to be treated with, uh, with these modalities.
0: Do certain conditions, endometriosis or cysts, we get, you know, ovarian cysts, do these necessarily contribute to cancer?
1: Not necessarily. I, I, you know, women come to our office and say, "Oh, I had a history of ovarian cyst," and I, and I jokingly say, "Well, you and every other woman," because that's what the ovary does. I mean, the job of the ovary is to form a cyst that contains an egg in it and release that. Um, and it's a, it's a constant function of the ovary. The ovary is a very active, dynamic structure, uh, especially before menopause. So it's not unusual to see that. What we worry more about are cysts that do not go away. If you have the persistent cyst over time and continues to grow or have features that are um, worrisome to us, uh, then that becomes a little bit uh, a more of a red flag that we need to deal with. But cysts in and of themselves are not necessarily uh, a cause for cancer.
0: When does a woman ask for an ultrasound? When do we ask our doctor and say, you know what, I would just like an ultrasound of my ovaries and just to kind of make sure my uterus, everything's okay in there?
1: I think discussing imaging studies with your physician is important. They will let you know if that is a necessary, um, a necessary intervention or not. I, the more imaging. More CT scans, more ultrasounds are not necessarily better. I think we need to apply them and use them when necessary. And the best way to find that out is to ask those questions of physicians. Be proactive, ask the question, and have a discussion about that.
0: Dr. Sultanakis, it's just been such great information. In the last minute, if you would, give your best advice for women in you know, gynecological cancers and really the messages you want us to know and why they should come to Maine Medical Partners for their care.
1: Yeah, I think that stay, staying with your screening for cervical cancer and not ignoring symptoms. Most of us, uh, including us physicians, <laughs> tend to ignore some of the symptoms uh, that we experience If you're having symptoms, if you're having vaginal bleeding, if you're having belly pain, uh, do present for evaluation. The sooner we find these things out, the easier it is for us to treat. Uh, Myself and my partners here are all uh, fellowship-trained physicians, and we take excellent care. Uh, One of the things that I want to stress about the the care that we provide at Maine Medical Center is that it's state-of-the-art care and we provide the best surgical care and best best uh, treatment modalities that you would find anywhere in the United States um, and I don't want the women of Maine to think that they don't have available the best treatments from the best doctors.
0: Thank you so much for listening to MMC radio. For more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org. mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.